Welcome to the Church Talk Podcast with Rob and Jason. We're glad you joined us as we dive into conversations about culture, theology, leadership, and God's mission for the church in the world today. Each week, we come alongside church leaders and pastors from all over the world to help them build healthy ministries and healthy lives. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Welcome back. We are so glad that you are joining us again for another episode of our podcast. Uh, You know, we exist because we want to encourage, we want to equip, we want to engage pastors and church leaders all over the world. We we want to see the the kingdom of God growing and flourishing. And uh, hopefully some of the things that we do will encourage you and will help you know the best way to move forward. And so we are the Church Talk Podcast with Rob and Jason. Woohoo. <laughs> that was cheesy. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, we're old white guys. You're not supposed to tell them. I'm not. No, you you you, you know what? I I I don't think anyone's going to be confused by that. You don't you think know what so? I mean? Yeah, no. They they knew that. I didn't have to even before I said the okay, words. Okay, fine. I yeah, you're probably right. But the good news is we know other people and we get input from them. So, yes, yeah, we, we do look outside of our bubble. And uh, and that reminds me, hey, speaking of that, we hope that you would reach out to us. Uh, you would send us any questions, comments, any anything, topics maybe that you would like us to explore and have conversations around. Uh, you can reach us at Jason at churchtalkproject.com or Rob at churchtalkproject.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, I'm trying to get Rob to actually check his email. Uh, I, You know what? For the, for weeks and weeks and weeks now, it's actually part of my email. It all comes into the same thing. So uh, it's okay. it's being checked now. Okay, good. Yes. Good. So you just ignore me when I email you. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm it's really a you thing, not okay. an email thing. Well, there we go. Now, now we know exactly what's going on. And if people want to get wild and crazy, they could actually send an email to both of us simultaneously. Whoa. <sighs> my mind just blew up. Yeah. That would be fun, but we do. We want to talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. We we because uh, we want to equip you and we want to encourage you. And if you're dealing with things, and we can speak to those things, give some helpful thoughts or some context or framework or whatever. Yeah, man, what a good thing. Hey, so that uh, that brings us to a topic that we want to lean into today. And I think in some respects, we're always sort of talking about uh, issues that dance around this idea of health in general. Yeah, and I feel like health has become a little bit of a moving target you know um in the last few years churches have changed how people think about church engage in church you know all that kind of stuff the size of churches um those things are are changing and so i think people in general would like to be healthy and they would like to have healthy churches and organizations but for some of us, we just don't have a crystal clear picture on what exactly health looks like in our ever-changing world. And so I think for, for many people, maybe in some respects, almost everyone, everyone's asking this question. You know, even even if it's just someone who's like, hey, we're heading, we're not yet, but yeah, it's it's a new year. And so I'm, I'm trying to get healthier. I'm trying to lose a few pounds, whatever that is. You know, people are always thinking about this. And so, Jason, let's start here. As we think about individuals, so think about yourself, like what is one thing that you do? What's one thing that I do? Hopefully there's many things, you know, hopefully it's not just one thing uh, that you try to do in your life to infuse health, whether that's, you know, physically into your own personal life, emotionally, uh, with your family, with your ministry. What's one thing you do? Well, 
since this is a, a audio only podcast, I can just I I work out so much and I'm just so in amazing physical shape that you know it every uh, time i'm around you i sort of have this mental picture of lou ferrigno when he turns into the incredible hulk and his shirt rips off him you're so yeah. you know you you, you stress your t-shirts and your 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 I polos mean, it, that it helps much. that i buy extra small <laughs> <laughs> oh no what, what so in reality uh one thing that I, I i have found that is helpful for me and, and again, this is for me. I'm not saying this is generally everyone should do this. Yeah, this is not prescriptive. No, this, this is what helps me is I, I try to develop healthy rhythms and, and even routines in, in the way I operate. Because, I mean, right now I'm juggling about four different jobs. And, you know, I've got one, one daughter in college. I've got another one that's got two grandbabies that live just a few minutes away. So they're over every so often, which disrupts everything because let's be honest, <laughs> everything stops when they come over. Um, and, and so I've got all these different moving pieces. And for me, the best, one of the most important things I can do is develop a routine that yes, sometimes gets disrupted, but I can always fall back to it. And so, like, I mean, this is really old man boring of me, but I basically wake up at the same time every day. Yeah. And I have the same routine, and, and it eliminates a whole bunch of decisions. And, you know, and I can just focus on the thing that's in front of me. And and yet that routine has helped sustain me because I know that I will have time to spend some time in God's Word and and reflect a little bit. Yeah. Because it's part of my routine. That's so good. Just to just to sort of echo that a little bit, you know, I am not necessarily um, just left to my own devices. I'm not someone who's naturally regimented. Now, I, I do. I'm naturally motivated, yeah, yeah. but in terms of you know doing the same thing sort of all the time or day in and day out. And so for me, when things are important, I do try to do that. Like, hey, on the first. Tuesday of every month I have this meeting or, or whatever because I know if it's just sort of built into it happens yep. all the time and there have been a lot of people this is really interesting who have talked about um, once we have ingrained something into a, like as a rhythm um, in our lives uh, we go on autopilot during that time and it actually frees up like you know yeah. one of the things everybody you know if you brush your teeth or if you shower hopefully we all do those things you know you don't you're not thinking about what you got to do in the shower when you're in the shower you just do it because we've all done it like right. hundreds and thousands of times right. so um once we install these rhythms or these routines it actually frees up that space for us which is so good a number of years ago um, I won't name names, my wife, uh, downloaded an app uh, that was, hey, you know, you do this, the, these exercises every day and it strengthens sort of your, your mental, you know, sharpness. And uh, I, I kind of chuckled at her for doing that. You know, I have, I have kind of discovered here recently that uh, I just have so many things on my plate and so many things that other people expect of me that uh, I have felt... <laughs> a little bit like my mind has a hard mm -hmm. time keeping track of everything which it has always been able to do mm. and so you know <laughs> i actually was gonna ask my wife hey what was that app you yeah. downloaded but you yes. know installing more things yeah. so that they just happen automatically 
especially as we get a little older, frees up our minds to be able to focus on the the new problems and challenges. I agree. So I, for me, mine's pretty simple. Um, and I don't just do this, but I do this with my whole team. Um, we have kind of a built in day alone with God every month. And that's something I, I expect of my staff and it's something I want to model too. Um, and so it just sort of forces, even in the midst of all that's going on, we have one day every single month where we are laying all that other stuff aside and making sure we are connected. Um, so that's, good. that's, yeah, that's mine. Hey, so as we think about health and as we think about we need to be healthy, we obviously want healthy churches and healthy organizations. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and we're not going to talk uh, a lot about this one because I want to get to sort of the main topic. But I would say probably the number one, if and if it's not number one, it's right there, thing that we can do to have healthy organizations, healthy ministries, healthy churches, um, is for us as leaders yeah. to be healthy. Absolutely. Because when the leader is healthy, it's, everyone's healthy, right? When the leader grows or benefits, everybody grows and benefits as a result we, of that. We hope. Yeah. Generally speaking, that <laughs> is true. There are always exceptions, I know. Um, and, and I've been part of... Uh, organizations where the leader wasn't healthy and yet it still grew, but it also wasn't always a good growth. Uh, But every time I've been part of an organization where the leader was healthy, the organization was healthier. Yeah. And, and it wasn't always, you know, exploding. It's not a perfect correlation, but but it's a general principle that's powerful. That if, if you as a leader are healthy, then you will lead a healthy organization. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and then sort of the, the corollary there is that if you're unhealthy, yeah. you know, your, your organization is going to be less healthy mm-hmm. than it would if you weren't there or you weren't un, as unhealthy as you were, mm-hmm. you know, and you said it, I, I loved sort of right before we started recording, you know, like the health of the leader, the health of the organization, the speed of the leader, the speed of the organization, you know, there is just that direct like leadership does matter. Yeah. And if, if we're not doing a good job, um, looking after ourselves, mm-hmm. it's, it's why all the time, like I think a lot of people, if they take vacation or they spend time with their kids or whatever, um, a lot of times because we live in a culture that sort of rewards in a sick way, workaholism and yep. things, like, especially for the cause of Jesus, oh, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're always worried to let people know that we took a break or we did something fun or we spent time with our families. Um, Cause they'll think, well, what do we pay them for? You know, like all that weird stuff. And I feel an onus to go to the other extreme where you I feel work. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Oh, okay. uh, but I do feel like as I'm spending time with my kids, as I'm going on vacation or whatever, I want to talk about those things. I want to stress those things. Cause I think in the world that we live in today, and and obviously there's examples on the other extreme too, where there's plenty of work out there and people don't want to work right this second. But I just feel like we don't need examples of people working hard because there, there is a ton of workaholism that we see modeled all the time. What people need examples of is leaders who are infusing health into their families um, and into their ministries by making time for those other things that are important. One of the things, Jason, that I've even told pastors, church planters in particular, because they're as people are getting ready to plant churches, they're almost always thinking, well, you know, I don't want to take 
too many resources. And so they're always trying to like minimize in a, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to feed my family kind of way mm-hmm. their, their salary. And it's one of those things that I always encourage people like, you know, make it what it needs to be. Don't, I mean, obviously right. you can't like, you know, make the world, but you, you don't want to worry about buying groceries or paying your mortgage because you're going to have enough other things to worry about with the church. And if you're not, people are like, well, gosh, but you know, I can't do that. I can't take that much. And I'm like, here's the deal. If you're not here, this church doesn't happen anyway. Right. So, you know, you got to be, we just got to be healthy. We got to be healthy physically. We got to be healthy emotionally, spiritually, financially. financially. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not a prosperity gospel no. kind of push, but it, you want to be able to cover your basis and not worry about having to work till you're 94 before you can retire, you know, which for, some of us isn't that far away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's not go there. So this idea, again, of us being healthy and our churches being healthy is really what this podcast yes, is all about. Absolutely. Which I love that. And so, Jason, let's let's go here because I think the thing that, that would be fun to focus on is how do we create and sustain healthy teams? Because I think for all of us, you know, we've had someone – serving, you know, maybe it was on staff with us. Maybe it was, you know, as an elder or leader in, in, in one of our churches or ministries, maybe it was just as a high level volunteer and, and we just loved them and we, they did a great job. They, they were good. It seemed like things were healthy. Um, but for any number of reasons, whether it was related to us or them, or maybe they moved or, or, or whatever. I mean, there's lots of reasons, uh, that, that discontinued at some point. And it's like, oh man, I just love them. I would have loved continuing to do life and ministry with them for a long, long time. So as we think about that, like, let's talk about this. How do we build endurance and longevity um, into teams that are healthy or leaders who are healthy. And so we're like, Hey, I'd like to do this forever. And that's probably not realistic, but, but how do we do it for as long as possible? If it's, if it's good and it's healthy and it's working and and it's having a a positive effect for the kingdom, you know, how in the world do we do that? I have no idea. (laughs) I'm hoping you have some answers. Well, let me, let me give one Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe you can give I'll one come up with something. and then maybe I can give one more. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I have found and I, and the beauty of this is that it's helpful for everyone cause it's really low hanging fruit. Like none of these things require us to have mastered skills that are tricky. Right. Right. So I love this. Um, when we have people on our teams, it's so important to connect the work they do to the overall mission. Oh Yeah. I, I feel like there are so many people who just feel like um, an unimportant and unrecognized cog in a in a ministry machine, yep. and they sort of feel like, well, I mean, if I show up, if I don't show up, if I you know do what I said I was going to do or I don't, it really doesn't matter, and it really doesn't make a difference. And and the hard part is as a leader in that is to think about that there are times that we we assume people are going to bail. And so we try to create things where we are in control of making it happen because if we leave it to anyone else, we're afraid they mm. won't show up or something won't happen. And then we have to scramble. And, and I know like in our context, um, you know, there, there are three pastors on staff and the three of us between us have enough talent 
and just ability to pull things off, even when somebody doesn't show or something weird happens or whatever. Well, what we're finding though, is that that can actually work against us instilling the vision and the mission and the, the meaning of the ministry with the people who we're actually trying to serve and equip and, and build up in ministry. Ugh. And so it, 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 it can, if we're not careful, it can reinforce that they're just a cog mm. and replaceable. And, and while we, we, and we sometimes undersell a, a volunteer position or, or even a staff position saying, well, okay, it's, it won't be too hard. Yeah. It, it'll be, you know, it, it won't be difficult. And, 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 and if you don't do it exactly right, that's okay. Cause we don't want to put any pressure on you. And that undersells it. Yeah. And if somebody is a leader, n- no leader wants to do something no. like that. And that, and that's something, you know, Derek Sanford talked about in a, several episodes back uh, out of his book, Untapped Church. And that, that leaders want, real leaders, yep. want to be challenged. Yeah. They don't want to do something unimportant. Yeah. How many times, I mean, I'm bad at this. I am, I am, hopefully as I've gotten a little older, I've gotten better. But, you know, in my lifetime, when people have said to me, oh, yeah, you, you could never do that. Oh, my goodness. Like, there, it, it, I mean, that statement almost always lights a fire in me to, like, I got to figure out how to make that happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I told you, you could never co-host a podcast. Right. And now look what, what you're going to say. I was just, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So um, one of the ways that I do this at my church, th- this idea of, again, connecting people to the mission to help them to see no matter what they do, if it's a little thing or a big thing or whatever, and really there, there is no little things, um, how important it is, is every Sunday morning we do a little kind of a huddle up prayer time uh, before um, our first church service starts. And it's at 830. Actually, it's 825. And, um, and it's, I mean, I say different words each week, but basically the idea is hey, for many of us, maybe we've had a difficult week. Uh, Maybe you had a fight with your kids or your spouse on the way here. I mean, these are not uncommon things, right? Um, So maybe you come to this space today with a lot of issues, struggles, needs of your own, uh, but you will never realize how someone's life today is going to be impacted because you being here and because of what you're going to do. And just to help people understand that. And for all of us, right? It happens for me too. Like there's some times where I got enough stuff going on in my life. I need to set that aside for, for a little window of time, which is healthy and helpful for me too anyway, right? To, to not be focused on all my problems. Right, right. Um, just to, to, to learn, to worship, and to help others point, you know, point others towards Jesus. And again, it's a small thing. But for the people who show up those those moments early to be a part of that sort of little speech slash prayer time, um, I hope that that's an important reminder. And and if we, I mean, here recently we've just almost every single week had people making decisions to follow Jesus, which is exciting in and of itself. But when I can tell people those things and and, and like literally point to them and say. Hey, it's because you cared for, loved, looked after their kids. Hey, it's because you held a door and smiled. It's hey, it's because you, you know, like everything everybody does really contributes to the whole, but we need to consistently remind our people of that and really connect them to the mission. Yeah, they really need to hear that. Uh over and over and over. Uh they need to hear it. And I love that you do that. You know, pre-service 
it, it probably takes what five to ten minutes. Yeah, five minutes max. Five, five minutes max. So this is not some big long meeting. Yeah, and it's never to. pre-planned. I like I don't I don't give it two seconds of thought till I'm right. And we huddle up and we do this and yeah, and and yet you do actually think about it ahead of time because you just told us what you normally <laughs> say. So, but that's the point. You don't you don't deviate. You don't have a hundred different things you say. Yep. You stay focused. This is a mission a missional moment, a vision moment, and and I think as pastors as leaders. Uh, we have a lot of those throughout our week that we probably don't even realize. Yeah. And and we forget that every piece of communication, every time we interact with a team, with a leader, with a volunteer is a vision moment. Mm-hmm. And, and and so we don't want to miss that. Uh, I, I know this, this past week, you know, we, we, uh, we had been collecting school supplies and we were going to uh, take them. There's a school literally next door to us, uh, elementary school. And, and so we had reached out to them, come up with some ideas, and, and they had sent us a list. And so all summer long, we collected school supplies. Mm. So we, they were in this big, huge uh, tub-type thing with wheels on it. So Sean and I were going to just wheel it over. <laughs> you know, to the, but it was interesting. The day before at church, a lady who was a retired teacher and new to the church, she, they had moved here from California, um, when I, I told her that's what we were doing, she said, could I come and walk over with you guys to do that. And, and I said, absolutely. Sure, yeah. And, and she said, because I just love that this is what the church is about. And, and then she gets over there, and she shares with the people there, hey, just so you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm part of Press Church, and I'm a retired teacher from Southern California. I just moved here. Here's my name and email address and phone number. If you need a volunteer occasionally, please let me know. Mm. I'm already pre, you know, she's passed all the things that you have to do to work in a school system type stuff, credentials. That poor lady is going to be called like every day <laughs> this coming well, year. Well, the first thing the lady said, do you do substitute teaching? And she said, no, I'm only going to volunteer occasionally. But but she was caught right in that moment. Yep. She was part of the mission. We were literally walking across the street, pushing a big thing of school supplies, but we tied that to the mission and she got it. And it was so cool to see, you know, and this is someone that's new. They mm-hmm. haven't been part of press for a long time or anything. They were less than six weeks. They'd been there. Yeah. So, so I think just a couple more things about this before we move on to the, the second, the item that we can do to continue to try to build in longevity and endurance into our teams and our leaders that we want to retain because they're healthy and they're effective. Um, so I, uh, as, as you were sharing, I just kept thinking about um, how for so many people um, in ministry, we think we have to give something different or new in order for it to be effective. And when we're, when we're trying to connect people to our mission, right, our mission doesn't change. Right. And so uh, we do, we don't have to come up with a fancy, flashy new thing. We need to be consistent so that same message is really being ingrained, you know, over and over and over again for people. Um, That's so much more powerful. I know this summer in July, we did a little video that, that played every single week before the sermon. And it was a little bit longer than we typically do. Um, The, the full video was 18 minutes. We showed that for a week and then we shortened it to eight minutes, but the, the eight minute video still played. 
And to be honest, um, I was I felt a little bit of stress about that because I mean, I'm going to have people watch this eight minute video where I'm sort of pushing the thoughts and ideas I want them to hear every single week because we had different people teach all month. Um, and and I, on, on the one hand, I felt bad about that. And, the, and yet I was reminded, I don't know, I think God gave me this idea that in so many churches, like if you attend a liturgical style church, mm-hmm. you know, other than the the 10 to 15 minute, you know, homily, homily uh, that you give, you know, many of the things that are done, whether it's communion or saying the Lord's prayer or reciting some of the old creeds of the church, like for a lot of churches, they do 30, 40 minutes of the exact same thing almost every single week of the year. And part of that is like part of that cultus of worship, right? It's so important to help these important ideas and thoughts to become ingrained. And so again, we're like, Oh, I got to do something brand new every single week. And you know, if that's what you're always doing, you're likely going to be missing opportunities to really help some of these things sink in and connect with people. And then the other thing that I, again, you said it, I just love the idea of giving volunteers, giving leaders, like the full weight of ministry responsibility to say, Hey, the things that we see in you are amazing. And we think that you could do this even better than we can. Um, you know, it's in those situations, I think, where people are like, wow, like, they really believe in me. I am that important. And and I think people like that are going to, A, do a better job, and they're going to stick with it a lot longer. Yeah, which goes back to Ephesians 4, where the role of church leaders is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of leads into, for, in my mind, a, a second thing that I, I would talk about is um, clearly communicating with the people, with the volunteer, with the leader, uh, even staff person, but with the team, what their role is and what it is not. Yeah. Because too too many times we make a general statement about what we want to see this team accomplish or what each person's role might be within it, but but we don't uh, limit it enough. And so they can, most people, let's be honest, the people who are really volunteering, really involved, highly committed, you know, they are in because they care deeply about the church. They care deeply about, you know, the mission. And so they probably have what, you know, we call in, in the church a servant's heart, <laughs> you know, and, and so they, they've got that. And so they are generally giving people and so forth. And so the problem is that means anytime someone asks them to do something that is in any way, shape or form, somewhat even distant distantly connected to the team that they're on, they feel obligated to do it. Mm. And and then after a while, they realize that everyone's asking them to do everything and they get burnt out pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and so being able to clearly communicate to the team, this is your role, but this is this is what you are not expected to do. And, and this is where you can say, hey, the pastor said that's that that's another you know, someone else's responsibility or that's, let me, let me take you to the person. You know, you're not going to neglect people and say, Oh, sorry, you're out of luck. That's not <laughs> my job. Uh, Cause we don't want that mentality of, Oh, not my job, not my department. We want people to, to own it and everything. But there is a point at which saying, wow, that's a, that's really important. That definitely needs to be done. Unfortunately, that that's not something I can accomplish. Can I take you and, and introduce you to someone who might be able to help you with that? Yeah. But there's a, permission there that is so important 
uh, because most of the people that I've seen volunteers, you know, who are involved highly that get burnt out and, and end up quitting and sometimes even leaving the church, they leave because they felt used. Yeah. And they didn't know, they didn't know how to say no because they were afraid if they said no, they were saying no to Jesus. Mm. Because, you know, Jesus could come see you as a, you know, starving something and this or the other. And if you don't serve someone in need, you might be missing a chance to meet an angel. And that was guilt to them. Right. And I know plenty of ministry leaders, unfortunately, who um, are all too willing to actually say similar words and sort of put that pressure on people like you wouldn't want to let Jesus down would you and uh like no wonder there's so many unhealthy people in the church right. when you have you know people doing and saying things like that but back to our original point a healthy leader would not use guilt and shame to manipulate people right and so if you're using guilt and shame to mani- manipulate people you need to work on your own health first <laughs> yeah exactly that, that is a red flag you need to see Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I have, I mean, I'm sure you do too. Everybody who serves in the church, who serves in ministry experiences this, you know, you have somebody who you love, you would love for them to serve in that capacity, you know, literally forever. Until Jesus comes back. Yeah. I actually had someone just yesterday who I love, um, who has served in a key role for four years. And they basically said, hey, um, and they've even helped sort of raise up the next person who's going to follow them, which is cool. That's one of our values that we don't see nearly enough. Uh, but they said, you know, th- serving in this way doesn't make my heart skip a beat. And so I want to find the thing in the church that makes my heart skip a beat that I'm that kind of passionate about. Uh, so I would like to hand this off to someone else. And so, and, and they even said, I'm willing to co-lead it even for one more year to help this other person get up to speed and, and which is great. Um, and so instead of, oh, I really like you and I'd like for you to do this forever and it would really, you know, make me sad. And I just said, thank you so much. Like, I don't want any ministry role to ever feel like a life sentence to somebody. So thank you so much for these past four years of really carrying this baton. And, uh, you know, like I want to be encouraging. So as I thought about y- your your idea there, of this idea of, clearly communicating you know like hey here's what we want you to do a couple things occurred to me one um this is probably more important in settings and in roles where sort of leaders are busy where they travel a lot where they're out of the office a lot right because if you have team members who are in many ways left to their own devices sometimes they can feel more disconnected Mm -hmm. so and, and I'm the kind of person who bristles sometimes at things like job descriptions and whatever's because it's like, you know, like they're all, all those things to me feel limiting, you know. Um, but I do, I want people to know, hey, we want you to accomplish these things. And, uh, and so I think if you're not around, I heard a story here recently, someone said, hey, so-and-so is always burning through staff people. And I'm like, well, what's, what's going on? Well, they're never around. And so people end up, you know, in the office, just twiddling their thumbs, not knowing what to do. It's super important to communicate, Hey, like you're going to have to be a self-starter and you're going to have to be self-directed and here are the main things that I want you to do. And even, you know, touching base with those people to kind of remind and reinforce that. I know somebody on my team, uh, recently like we we always remind them you know here's what your job is here's what we expect because this person in the church has literally like every weekend um every week 
dozens and dozens and dozens of people bombarding them. Hey, can you help with this? Hey, can you help with that? And and like you said, like these people are are they love Jesus. They want to be helpful. But as that number of people seeking help from them grows, it's like, hey, no, no, no. Your job here is to help us do this. And if you have extra time and would like to do other things for other people, that's great. But please, please, please don't feel any pressure from us. And then we've even started, you know, um, communicating, hey, here's what this person's job is. So it's not completely on them. That's good. To do that as well. In fact, we just, with one team member, uh, encouraged them. I told, I said already, like, you know, for me and for my team, we do a day alone with God. Well, one team member has just been so overworked in this last season. We're like, you know what? Every single time you come back from your day alone with God, man, you were fired up. You were energized. Let's, now you take two days alone with God every month. You know, like if that's what you need to kind of keep doing, look, doing the heavy lifting you've been doing, we want people to do that. Yeah. And I think if we do these things, right, if we connect people's work to the mission so they understand people's lives and families and eternities being transformed is happening because of the stuff you do. Um, and we let them know, hey, this is what we want you to do. And please don't don't do these other things or don't feel the pressure to do anything beyond that. That really does build in some endurance and longevity and helps protect people Absolutely. and what we really want them to do. So, Hey, uh, just one more. Um, and maybe we can kind of think through how to do this. Cause I think sometimes different types of people, this comes easier to and different kind types of people. This might be more of a challenge, but I really think another one that helps with this longevity and endurance is we need to build loyalty with others by really investing not just in in them and their role, but just developing and sort of investing in the relational connection we have with our team. Yeah, that's good. And and I think and this is where I think some leaders may struggle uh, because a lot of people who are strong leaders uh, are not necessarily strong in the relational side of leadership. Uh. They're really strong in the task, in the, you yeah. know. Tactic, strategy. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you know, you can use the DISC personality profile. There's lots of ones to do. That's the simplest one for me to, to understand. And the, you know, the D and, and even the, yeah, I see, is it the, the C are, are more task oriented. Yeah. And, and, and I've worked in a lot, but a lot of leaders are D's. Yeah. They're driven. They are, you know, all those things. And yet they're task oriented, which means when they build a team, you know, you can, if you are a high D leader, you can give the impression that a person on your team is only as important as the job they are accomplishing. Ooh, that's really good. And, and so you've got to beware of that. And a lot of leaders are D's. I mean, they just make good leaders. And so you've got to make sure that the relational component is there if you want someone to stay with you long-term. If you want a team to stay a team, they have to connect relationally. Yeah, for sure. And you and I, we were talking about this off air. I mean, we are familiar with a lot of churches, past and present, you know, who have leaders who who are great with strategy, who are great with tactics. And who even have built, you know, successful, growing, large ministries. Mm-hmm. 
but we've watched these sort of cycles of the ministry growing and then decreasing fairly significantly. Um, and the reason primarily being that there was, there wasn't the relational connection. People didn't feel like those leaders cared about them, that they loved them, that they were there for them, you know, beyond the role that they played, like you said. And, and I, I really do think this is that important. So what are, what are some things, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're an extrovert, uh, maybe this comes more naturally to you, but what are some things like, let's think, let's just kind of out loud brainstorm a few things that all of us could do that would help, you know, develop some relational connection with people. Yeah, I think, I mean, right off the top of my head, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, listen, Listen, yeah. You know, be quick to listen, slow to speak, uh, mm-hmm. because people want to know that that you actually care about what they think, and, and the only way they know that is if you listen. And, and so, I would say, you know, first off, be quick to listen. Uh, w- one of the ways I find is it helps with people is when I when I tell them, hey, I want to um, I want to hear more of your story, and and it, you talked about the one of the episodes that we recently recorded, you talked about the global leadership summit and um, Andy Stanley was preaching, but on the first day there, they were talking about uh, this lady was talking about communicating with people and understanding people. And most of the time people want to be heard and you need to develop some good questions Mm -hmm. that aren't just superficial surfacey. How's the weather? Yep. But things like, you know what, tell me, tell me about something amazing that's happened in the last few weeks and why was it amazing? Well, all of a sudden the person who answers that feels very valued. Yeah, that's good. And you know, another one, I think that's, it's super simple. Um, and you don't have to do, it's not like you have to do it every week or even every month, but man, you know, if once a year you have, uh, your, your key people over for dinner with their spouse, with their family members, you know, wh- I mean, whatever works for you or in your, your situation, just taking some, doing the listening thing, but actually taking some time, yeah. um, carving out, you know, a chunk of a day like that, just to say, Hey, you know, I'm not just sort of pausing to feign care while we're in the office here together, right. but just having sort of a time every year where you're like, Hey, thank you so much. We just wanted to spend some time with you guys. We so appreciate you. We love you. You know, I think that really reinforces that I care about you and I really want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you can affirm the person and, and maybe you do it in a way that's, uh, you know, like a handwritten note, yep. you know, uh, not every day, not every, I mean, once a year, twice a year, whatever, they get a handwritten note from you as the leader saying, I, I just really appreciate you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, some of the things I've done over the years is I write on my calendar when significant events happen in the lives of some of the people that are close to me. Um, and I do it because I send them a note, like, you know, I've got this one family, you know, their, their mother came to the church and was part of the church and, and she was sick and ended up passing. And, and I did the funeral, it was all that. Well, every year since I, I, and I learned this early in ministry every year since I, I send a little postcard. Yeah. But just, I just want you to know, I'm thinking about you this week. I know yeah. it's a rough week. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they understand I, it's more than a job. I actually care about them. Absolutely. I know for me, um, one of the ways that, uh, that I've done the note thing is, um, it once or twice a year, I'll buy 
my my staff a book mm. you know that we'll read together or even i'll buy individual books for different staff people and i always write a note in that so as they're reading it or they pick it back up later they see that note from me mm-hmm. that again always seems to have way more impact than a note that i you know jotted down over a few minutes should but man those kinds of things are so powerful for people mm. you know so it could be you know, infused in things as simple as just a weekly staff meeting. Um, I know uh, even our our quarterly lead team meetings, right. you know, for years now I've been inviting my staff to come and sometimes some of them can. And actually the last one we did, cause we had Derek Sanford oh, in, right, right. Um, I invited my assistant too, who yep. I typically don't invite cause she's kind of usually back holding the fort down. Uh, but I'm like, Hey, do you want to come? And even just that, like, we really value you as an equal. You're not sort of this lesser than us person on this team who helps and serves us, but you are, you know, I mean, she's amazing. Um, So, you know, bringing people along, bringing them to a conference, you know, there's so many things that build this relational connection so that, you know, when people, if they just feel like a cog in the machine or they just feel like, you know, I'm here and I'm doing a job, but anybody could do this. And the person doesn't really even notice me, let alone believe in me and love me and care for me. Um, you know, any other, if, if, if a machine comes along, they can be a cog in that's going to pay them more money or give them benefits or uh, care about them a little bit more. They're likely going to go do that. Right. But if we help them to see how what they're doing really is connected to the mission, if we help them know clearly the the sort of few main expectations we have of them and if we just spend a little bit of time building a relate a legitimate relationship with them to let them know that we love them and care about them even beyond what they do i really feel like you know nothing lasts forever but i feel like our teams and our leaders will continue to do what they're doing well for a much longer window of time absolutely well, we hope that uh, some of this conversation has been helpful to you. It's uh, maybe challenged you to think about some things uh, regarding how you care for the teams that you lead, how you care for the leaders of the teams that you lead. Uh, and, and, and hopefully in all of that, you are moving towards building a healthy ministry because you are healthy as a leader. And, and that's really what we want to see happening all over the world, uh, especially when it comes to the church. Yeah, and I think uh, we we keep saying this every episode, but man, if you're out there and you feel like this makes perfect sense to me, but for whatever number of circumstances, I don't feel healthy at all. I feel like I'm hanging on by a thread. You know what? Send us an email. We would love to get on a Zoom call with you. Yeah. We'd love to pray for you. If there are things that we can do to help equip you, um, or throw you a lifeline, you know, we want to be present and available for that. Absolutely. Well, I hope that this has been encouraging to you, and I hope it has given you some some things to think about and, and move forward in your ministry and, and being healthy in, in your ministry. Uh, if you do get a chance, we'd love for you to like and subscribe uh, to the podcast and share it when in the different uh, social media platforms or email or however you share these things with your friends. Uh, and, you know, you can engage with us on our website or even through the social media stuff. Uh, we have a Facebook and Instagram page that you can uh, engage us and ask us questions and reach out and so forth. Uh, well, I hope you have an absolutely amazing week. Blessings to you and may God bless you and keep you. 
Thanks for joining us today at the Church Talk Podcast. We hope the conversation encouraged and challenged you. We would love to hear from you. Email your questions or comments to jason at churchtalkproject.com. The Church Talk Podcast with Rob and Jason is brought to you by the Church Talk Project. We work to engage, equip, and encourage pastors and church leaders around the world. Thanks for listening.